0: Good morning everyone. Good morning. It is good to see everyone. Wonderful to be gathered together again as his body ready to hear from him. I know he's got some good things in store for us and we're excited for that and excited that we are still seeing grass. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't we stand together and just prepare our hearts to hear from him uh, and all that he has for us. Father, we just thank you so much. We could be in your presence. We are so thankful, so grateful that you are prepared to speak to us. You're prepared to meet with us. Now, our only journey this morning, our only goal is to set aside all the stuff around us so that we can clear that pathway to invite you in. So we invite you in right now. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place just to speak to us, to challenge us. We open our hearts to you when we're ready to receive from you because we want to be followers. We want to be disciples of Jesus this morning. We want to be listening to your voice changed more into your image. That's our goal. That's our goal. We don't, we're not, we don't want our old image anymore. We want the new image that you have for us every day, moving from glory to glory. So we thank you for that. Bless us as we open our hearts to receive from you, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Let's open our hearts. Praise
1: God from His strife we are healed by his nail pierced hands we are free and by his blood we are washed clean now we have the victory the power is broken He reigns on high. Not God is risen, He is alive. He won the victory, He reigns on high. You to come forward for prayer time right now. We ask the uh, the leaders to come forth. Name is life. Cause you're all I want
0: As we were singing, we started with Jesus, anointed one, you're all I need, holy place. I I just feel right now, uh, maybe just a special word to all of our hearts and all of our spirits, and that is that whatever is happening outside, whatever is happening in the kingdoms of this world, whatever the gas price on the The machine says, whatever is the inflation is happening, whatever shelves are empty and all that kind of stuff, whatever's happening out there, all I know is that in the holy and anointed place, that's where we need to be. That's where we need to be. We need to be in the holy and anointed place saying to him, you're all I need, Jesus. You're all I need. I don't need whatever's happening out there. You're all I need. So could we just sing that chorus part one more time? And as we do, just raise your hearts and hands to him and say, Jesus, I don't care what's happening all around. I want you to anoint me right now. We've, we need a fresh anointing. We need a fresh unction. We need a fresh outpouring. We need a fresh filling. We need a fresh abundance in every part of our lives that no matter what's happening around us, he's going to provide, he's going to see, he's going to take care of it. We're going to look at the lilies. We're going to look at the birds of the air. And that's what we're going to concentrate on as we worship him. Let's just sing that to him one last time. You're all I need. Say to him. You're You're all I need. That's what you are. is happening we know that you are near us all the time all the time you're near us you're right there next to us you stick closer than a brother you're right there in every difficulty in every heartache in every bit of despair you're right there with us so we rely on that we want to we want to concentrate in the days ahead to keep our eyes off everything else around us and we want to concentrate on drawing into your presence so that you're near us into your word into your spirit and staying there we thank you for your touch on all of us body soul and spirit those that are struggling those that are coming out of struggle we just thank you father god that you're the one jehovah rofi the god that heals jehovah jireh the god that provides jehovah nisi the god that's a banner over us that's who you are victory in every area we thank you for it we praise you in jesus name amen and amen everybody just give him a clap offering one last time can you do that hallelujah lord hallelujah lord Praise His name. Praise His name. Praise His name. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated in His presence. Praise His name. Hallelujah. Thank God we know He's near us, and that's all we need. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, uh, worship leaders. Ushers, you may come, if you will, and prepare to meet the need of the hour. We thank God for what He's doing and how He is providing. I'll tell you what. Every, I every board meeting that we have, either deacon meeting that we have, and we get the financial reports and stuff. I just still don't understand any of it. I don't understand how we're doing what we're doing. Hallelujah. We, um, I, we had set a goal to pay off a, a, a loan that was outstanding. It was just a small loan. I mean, there was like eight or nine thousand dollars left, and we paid it off. And uh, the next statement I kept, I said to Lisa, I said, wait a minute, where's, shouldn't we be like $8,000 less or something? Shouldn't we be in the red this month or that? She says, it's all in there. And we were still like $1,000 in the black. I don't understand it. You know, hallelujah. You know, it's, I guess, aren't you glad that God keeps different books than we do? It's just so wonderful. Hallelujah. Let's just ask the Lord to bless. Father, we thank you so much for your provision that this is your fellowship, it's your body, you're providing through this entire mess that the world has been in, you've brought us through and we're still in your presence and you're still working your work. So we thank you for that. We ask you to bless both gift and giver in Jesus' name and we're gonna see this multiply to reach a world around us. We thank you and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God bless you as you give. And uh, teens, you may be dismissed with Yuri and uh, anyone else. I, I know the nursery's open if anybody wants to avail themselves to that. Only people with babies, you can't have one right now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, open your Bibles to Matthew, the fifth chapter, and we're going to take the next couple weeks, we're going to sort of be dancing around through some scripture, uh, basically doing a, a bit of a word study, and we're going to be talking about disciples, disciples, and being a disciple, because that's very, very important in these last days, a world that is, <laughs> I, you know, I say this sort of tongue-in-cheek, But it's also sad that what we just had USA Today name a man as woman of the year. And we have a man that just won the NCAA Women's Swimming Championship. And uh, what a strange world. And I I was reading some things about it. And um, the young man, I can't remember his name. That calls himself a woman. Last year, he ranked 775th in men's swimming in the NCAA. And wouldn't you know, when he switched over to the girls' team, he won. You know, when you're six foot two (laughs) and you swim against five foot five women, you tend to win. (laughs) Oh, it's just a wonderful clown show. Uh, But it is good to see Aunt Pauline back. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Plugging away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People will say, they'll look at at, um, my mother, Aunt Pauline, uh, Donna Bones, and others that that are of that age, and they'll say, man, I just don't know how they do it. And I said, you know, I do know one thing, that's, that's how they made it through the Depression, And that's why they're where they're at now. A lot of us, poor suckers, (laughs) we're so pampered and uh, (laughs) modernized, it's going to be really tough for us, but uh, they just keep on sailing, so God bless them. Talking about disciples today, talking about disciples, um, and and what I'm going to do is I'm just going to start. With verses one and two of Matthew five, and then we're going to flip to Luke and to John and just look at some different things. And I'll probably be doing this for the next few weeks here, uh, next a couple weeks after this, and just dealing with the disciple of uh, concept of discipleship. So let's start right in verse one of Matthew five, and this of course is the beginning of the Beatitudes. And I I, I am struck in this first couple verses by something very important. And seeing the multitudes, the word says, he, Jesus, went up on a mountain and when he was seated, his disciples came to them. Now, verse two says he opened his mouth and taught them. Now, initially what was happening here is there were multitudes, but when he sat down, just the disciples came and he began to teach the disciples. The Sermon on the Mount, which is one of the greatest things we could probably study as believers, so I want to sort of use that as a jumping off point, and then from here, you could probably just flip over to John eight uh, as I give a bit of an introduction, and we 're going to just simply go through some thoughts about the word disciple or discipleship itself. so John the eighth chapter is where we will be headed uh, next but let 's just start with this uh, with this first with the concept of disciples and it 's interesting that In scripture, the word believer is only found twice, especially in the New Testament. Only found twice. Christian is found three times. They were first named Christian in Antioch, etc. But disciple is found 255 times. That's interesting. So therefore, it must be much more important to be a disciple than a Christian. I know a lot of people that call themselves Christians, and I'm like, seriously? Seriously? Dude? (laughs) Really? Hmm. So, we're going to see the characteristics of a disciple, and I'll give them to you right now. Over the next few weeks, we will study these. We will probably look at the first couple today. A true disciple continues in the Word. That's what we're going to talk about today. They continue in the Word. They forsake all others. They continue in the Word. They forsake all others. They bear much fruit. They walk in love. They bear their cross, and they display God's power. They continue in the word. They forsake all others. They bear much fruit. They walk in love. They bear their cross. Bear their cross. Of course, that's a Sunday you'll want to miss. They display... (laughs) No, it's never as bad as it sounds. They display God's power. So I believe that the the purpose of the Father in our lives is is to make us disciples. Jesus even said that, that we are to go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, etc., etc., teach them... Make disciples of all of them as you go. So we're, we're talking about discipleship, but the first thing we have to understand about discipleship is we're not talking about perfection. There has never been a perfect disciple. And if you want proof of that, just look at the first 12. So that we're not talking about per- perfection. We're talking about persevering, not perfection. We're talking about... Reaching maturity one step at a time, not meeting an end goal. We're not driving to a certain point. We're, we're, we're talking about maturing. We're talking about being worthy as a servant. There have been many times in my life, and, and I, when I first wrote this down, I wrote it in the past tense. There are many times in my life that I have been a bad disciple or an unworthy servant. But I really need to change that. Uh, there are many times right now that I'm a bad disciple and an unworthy servant go ahead, you can say amen. He <laughs> like, said, we don't want to be disrespectful and not say to the pastor. But, but no matter what I was going through, I kept on trying. And that's, that's the goal of a disciple. We don't give up. We keep on trying. We keep on moving. And that's how we become a mature disciple. You never stop. You keep on going. One of the greatest goals of Satan, I've said this before, is for him to get you to stop. If he can get you to stop, then he's won the war, he's won the battle, he's won it all. But if we keep on going, then that's when we become uh, his disciple. And what struck me about this was in those first couple verses of Matthew, seeing the multitudes, his disciples came to him. Multitudes, disciples, multitudes, disciples. There's that contrast. Many are called, but few are chosen. There were many followers of him, but only a certain group of followers became the disciples. And that's what we want to concentrate on. The disciples are the ones who leave and cleave. The disciples are the ones who keep on asking. And when the answer comes, they keep on asking more. They keep on seeking. They keep on trying to find. They keep on knocking on doors. How many have knocked on so many doors that your spiritual knuckles are bloody? But you keep knocking. You keep moving. You do not stop. But only disciples will do that. Followers will not. Disciples will follow into the desert places, they'll follow into the mountains, they'll follow through the valleys, they'll follow into the comfortable places, and they'll follow into the difficult places. Paul said, I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. I know how to be in the pit, and I know how to be in the palace. I know it all, and I stay as a disciple. Now, you may say, well, boy, I'm not uh, really sure then that I want to be a disciple. Well, actually, you are because you're here this morning. That's probably a first good indication that you are, because you could be doing all sorts of other things this morning, as we all can. But you're here, so there's a reason that you're here. In spite of COVID, you made it through COVID. You made it through all that's happening now in the world. Whatever's happening, you made it here. You could have said this morning, boy, you know, gas is so expensive. I can't, and some of you are on fixed incomes. You could have said, boy, it's so expensive. I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could make it to church, Uh, you know. But you, you still came. And, and, and you and I both know that during COVID, especially for those individuals that weren't in church, if you really wanted to find them, go to Walmart, because they can go to Walmart, but they couldn't come to church. Why did you have to get so mean so fast? <laughs> I'd see them all the time. And sometimes, sometimes I would go up to him just to embarrass them. And then other times I just felt like, you know what, I don't really care anymore. That's whatever. If you want to do that, that's fine. If you want to go to Target, but you don't want to come to church, because we know that here in church, that's where all the COVID is. It's not at Target, but, you know. So, (laughs) I'm not even off the first page, and I got off of my notes. Everybody slap me and say, get back on your notes where it's safe. (laughs) But you see, there is great reward though, and we'll see that at the end of the message. There is great reward for being a disciple. There is great reward for following closely after Him. There is great reward for pressing in to all that God has for you in your life. So we're just going to look at those first couple ones this morning. A disciple continues in the Word, and a disciple forsakes all. So let's let's look at the first one. A disciple continues in the Word. Now, if you take your Bibles and just flip over to John the eighth chapter, verse thirty-one. John the eighth chapter, verses thirty-one. And verses 32, again, very familiar passages, you, you know some of these by heart, but John 8, 31, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, uh, now, and this is, this is a, a very deep and good truth, because these are individuals that were Jewish believers, which, by the way, if you didn't know, really for the first probably, I don't know, 50 years of the church, there were no Gentile believers, it was mostly Jewish Christians Jewish people are converted. It wasn't until a little bit later, until the gospel went to Rome and places like that, that, that Gentiles began to come in. But Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word and you are my, dis- you are my disciples. Indeed, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. Wow. I, I believe one of the main characteristics of a true disciple is not intelligence, everybody say amen, it's not communication skills, it's not wisdom, it's not wealth, a disciple simply continues on deeper and deeper and deeper, especially into the word, until the task is finished. It does not mean he performs flawlessly. It does not mean they never slip or never fall or never forget. But it does mean that every time I do fall, I get up. Every time I feel like stopping, I keep going. Every time I do stop, I wake up and start moving again. Sometimes it's real slow. I was just talking to someone about just a... Sometimes in my walk with the Lord, it is as slow as molasses in January. It's as dry as dry can be. Anybody ever get spiritually dry? I mean dry. I mean like Arizona, Death Valley, dead wood in the middle, Dry but you keep on going. Uh, so, sometime, sometimes I, I get in a place where spiritually I feel like everything I'm doing is just a mechanical machine. I'm praying and I don't feel it. I'm reading the word and I don't feel it. I'm I'm speaking spiritual truth and I don't feel it. Some of you are nodding. And, and, and some of you are probably saying, is he allowed to say Sometimes I just, I feel as dead as a rock spiritually. But I keep praying. I keep believing. I keep saying the words because eventually the stupid brain will kick into gear with the words that are coming out of my mouth and my heart will launch. But you just don't stop. And, and, and part of this really focus this is this why you know that i believe so strongly in the word and that's why the word is what is so important to that because the word has life in it see my prayers do not have life in them my 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 good spiritual activity does not have life in it the only thing in my life that has life in it is the word of god this is the seed the spore the life so eventually this word comes alive you may, you may repeat it on Monday, and it, it, nothing may happen until Friday, but eventually it will come alive. That little verse that you just memorized, that word that you just read, it will come alive. It always does. And, and one of the greatest places to see this is, and you could read it when you go home, James, the first chapter, you know it. Be hearers of the word, be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Doers of the word. As I just said, there are many times in my life I, I just do the word. I don't feel it. There, there are times, can I be really honest with you? Say, please don't. <laughs> there are times that I do the word of God and I don't even believe it's going to happen. Yeah. But I do it. I don't know if I even believe that I'm going to be healed, but I'm just going to pray this healing scripture right now. Lord, I don't, I don't even know or understand how you're going to provide that need. I just don't, I don't get it. I don't know where it's going to come from. I don't know how it's going to happen. But I'm going to read that verse that says, I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Your word just said it. Somebody, somebody said a long time ago, and I really believe it. God's word said is, says it, I believe it, and that settles it. You know what? Take the middle part out. If God's word says it, that's it. The word is the word, whether you believe it or not. I was not around when God created the heavens and the earth. And I am so glad because I would have told him a much better way. I would have been standing there the whole time saying, wait a minute now, Lord, you know, you really, uh, you know, Lord, I, I really think you need to make the fish first, then the water second. Some of you get it. <laughs> I'm so glad that I was in church. I'm glad that when I read the word, the word has power in itself to accomplish what it's going to do, it will not return void. And so in those times when I don't even know if I believe what I'm reading, I keep reading and I keep stating it and I keep believing it and I keep spouting it out of my mouth and I do whatever the word says. Because as James says, if you are a hearer of the word and not a doer, then you're like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. He beholds himself and then he goes his way and then he forgets what manner of man he was. And it's very interesting that James says was there and not is. He forgets the manner of man that he is? No. Already the lack has begun. You've already lost the vision. Because it says you've forgetting the manner of man you were. You've already lost it. But if you look into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein and not be a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Listen, that tells me several things, that when you get into the word, number one, you must want to, as a discipline, as a disciple. I hate to tell you, isn't it, isn't it ugly that the root word of disciple is discipline? <laughs> Don't you wish that the root word of disciple could be buffet? The root word of, dis, of disciple is Disney. Oh, that would be so much better. The root word of disciple is discipline. So you have to want to. And I know that there are a lot of people that do not want to be like the Word. Doctrinally, they don't want to be like the Word. I don't want to believe that Holy Spirit stuff. I don't want to believe in tongues. I don't want to believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I don't want to believe in those things. I, I don't want. To, and personally, we, they, we and us do not many times want to be... What the word tells us, we don't want to forgive. We don't want to love that unloving person. We don't want to do that. And, and, and not all, I don't believe that I am an idealist. We should not, I'm, I'm sure that all of us do not want all of the word all of the time. Maybe we want it. But folks, we need to want at least some of the words some of the time. <laughs> we need to want it. We need to want the word. We need to take the word daily and just put it into our minds and into our hearts. We've got to want to. But then we've got to continue. James says, you've got to continue in this thing. You can't just look at it and go, oh, okay, good, checked in, bye, I'm not going to do anything. No, we've got to continue in it. Because if you don't continue it, he says, you're like looking in a mirror you see what it should be, but then you walk away and forget what you just saw. Can't do it. We've got to continue it. And I believe that we've got to also believe that discipleship in our lives, being a disciple, is the only option that we have. And you know what? I believe that's what the Lord is doing in the earth today. I believe he's bringing us to the place where we are all realizing we only have one option now, and it's Jesus. We just have one option. There is nothing else. The only option we have is to be a disciple, to continue therein, to impress the image of the word into our minds so that it's taken over and over, that image is over and over, indelibly fixed into our conscious mind. A disciple will continue returning to the word until all worldly images and images pass away, until passions subside. Until ideas pass away. All the concepts and arguments that are brought into subjection to the perfect law. All the precepts that are brought up to this law. All the activities and the pursuits that meet the requirements of the law. That's the goal of a disciple. And I guarantee you, it will not happen by Tuesday. Well, maybe Tuesday of 2029 or (laughs) 2056. But it's a daily, daily thing. It is that process of a disciple that sees into the Word, abides in the Word, and the Word abides in them, and they become disciples indeed. So that's the first thing, is that a true a true disciple continues in the Word and does not stop. Does not stop. Second one is flip back to, we're going to have you flip around here today, Luke, the 14th chapter. Luke, the 14th chapter. And, uh, down into verse 26 Luke 14 verse 26 Now this is this is the 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 other part where more multitudes come to him and and this is an interesting passage that Jesus does so we we continue in the word and the second point is a disciple forsakes all a disciple forsakes all and we're going to look at that just for a moment. Verse 25, great multitudes went with him and he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, and yes, his own life He cannot be be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which one of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Stop there for a moment. How many people do you know began serving Jesus but have not finished? How sad. How sad. I don't don't care what spiritual condition you're in this morning. You may be a spiritual wreck this morning, but you're still here. Hallelujah. Or what king going to make war with another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you... Does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple now let's let's let 's just look at this just for a moment because he first of all he says hate now we know f- from reason in scripture we know that he does not mean to hate your father and mother because Jesus follows the 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 uh, ten commandments and he knows that that 's not what we're supposed to do, so he obviously means something else here, so I believe that first and foremost he means that all human relationships must be secondary to my relationship with God. All human relationships. It's not that we hate other people, it's that we love God. Jesus would never admonish us to hate or despise or be hostile. So it means everything becomes secondary to my relationship with God. And, and I said relationship, not ministry, not pastorate, right? A lot of pastors and church leaders get this mixed up. It's God first, family second, ministry last, right? It's God first, family second, job last, promotion last, whatever else is there. Yeah, you got to live your life, you got to work, you got to get a paycheck, but it's God first, family second, and everything else last. If my wife decides to turn her back on God, that's her choice. I got to keep moving forward, right? If my children decide not to serve the Lord, that's their business, we've trained them, I've got to serve the Lord. When I get to heaven someday, he's not going to ask me about all you, he's going to ask me about me. He's not going to say, why do you think so-and-so isn't ser- didn't serve me the last X amount of years? <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if that was the question? Because then we could bloviate on and on. Oh, well, I think it's because of uh, they did this, they had a trouble there, they had a problem with that, you know. He's, he's going to look at me on the day of judgment at that Bema seat. He's going to look at me and he's going to ask David of about David of nobody else. Amen. So I've got to make sure that my relationship with him is first and foremost. Let God be true, Paul says, and every man a liar. So I believe that part of of this comes in another passage, and it's sort of of linked to this. Uh, If you read a a, a synoptic type of gospel, you'll see it. In Matthew the 8th chapter, the same concept came up, and the guy said, I would like to follow you, Jesus, but my father is dying. And Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. Again, you say, wait a minute, wait a minute. He says, you're, if you don't do that, you're not worthy to be my disciple. And you say, wait a minute, that was pretty harsh. Well, l- let's reason our way through this one as well. If the father was dead, then why was this guy following Jesus around anyway? What was he doing? Well, I believe that, A, it could be his father was very ill, and he was in essence saying, let me wait, Jesus, until my father dies... Which, yeah, we need to care for those who are in that situation. But I don't know, I'm not saying this in a boastful way, but I kept preaching and kept in ministry when my father was dying and was in hospice. I didn't just stop and say, well, dad's in hospice, so I guess I better stop preaching the gospel. Actually, I probably should have, because he would have probably jumped up out of hospice and smacked me (laughs) and gotten healed. (laughs) I don't know. But, but we, we don't stop. Or it could be that this man was, the father was dead, but this guy was waiting for the will to be read. <laughs> well, yeah. Hey, I can't be away when the lawyer calls. <laughs> you know, I got to make sure I get dad's Harley. Harley and if i'm off with jesus where there, he doesn't have a place to lay his head with foxes and whatever he said i can't be doing that i got to be waiting i got to be ready or or it could be that this was the first excuse that came into the guy's head that suddenly it dawned on him he was following jesus and then he and then he was like oh, I really don't want to follow this guy. I mean, he was sort of cool, but like, he's saying we got to walk all the way to Galilee now or we got to go all the way over. I really don't want to do that. So the first excuse that popped in his head was, i got to take care of my dad. He's dying. Whatever it was, I believe Jesus saw through it. And I, and I believe what Jesus was saying, you know, if you want to follow me, you're going to have to follow me regardless of what's happening in your life. There will be good times when it's easy to follow me, but then there are going to be tough times. But you still got to follow me. We don't follow our family. We don't follow our friends. We don't follow our relationships. We let nothing interfere with Jesus. We forsake all to be his disciples. Second one, and, and, and we read it a little bit about counting that cost, uh, we have to complete the task that God has given us to do. It is better to not start a work for God than to start it and not finish it. It is better to start a work of any kind but not finish and not finish it it 's better if you didn't start it. It's it's better to start the small thing and finish it than to try a big thing and not finish it. And that requires perseverance. And I believe that God is building. In this example that we read from Luke, I believe that God is fighting a war right now in the earth. And we are his weapons of war in the earth. And I believe that this foundation, this tower, this war that God is beginning right now, his foundation, we are co-laborers with him. And as a true disciple, we must never give up until the battle is over. We always got to believe he didn't call quitters. He called doers to do the task. Never let the devil lie to you. You are victorious in Christ. God will build his tower in you. He will complete the task in you. He will fulfill his work in you. He will fight it in you because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And he will finish his labor and and he will achieve his goal. He's going to attain his plan. He's going to accomplish everything in my life that he's going to accomplish and he will do it so what, there, there there's <clears throat> and that's where we understand then that there is a wonderful byproduct of being submitted as a disciple as a disciple he is going to perfect that which concerns me because he's perfecting his kingdom And I'm in his kingdom. So as he's perfecting the kingdom, he's perfecting me. And it's all working together. He's perfecting it all together. What good is it if God perfects his kingdom but loses his own children? That doesn't make any sense. He's not out to build an empire. He's out to perfect his children as disciples. He's not out to construct a monarchy. He already has that. He's already on the throne. What, What bigger throne could he get? What's he doing? Well, he's out to mature his children, and when he delivers this kingdom into the hands of the Father, he's going to deliver us as well. Jesus said that, uh, the word says that he is reigning until earth is made his footstool, at which point Jesus will present that earth, that footstool, to the Father in victory. Well, we're part of that footstool. We are that footstool. So when he presents this to Jesus, to the Father, he's presenting you, he's presenting me. That wonderful, great prophetic psalm, Psalm 110, Matthew 22, Peter preached it in Acts, the second chapter. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make thy enemies a footstool. The Lord shall send forth his rod out of Zion, that's Jesus, who will rule in the midst of his enemies and make people, his people, willing servants in the day of thy power, in the beauty of holiness out of the womb of the war, of the morning. And I love when the, when the Lord prophesies these kind of things. He always ends it with one line, the Lord hath sworn and will not repent. Oh, hallelujah. I'm glad he did it. I want to be a willing disciple in the day of his power. Never give up building, never give up warring, never get up fighting, because God will complete it and he will complete it in you as well. That's why he told the Philippians in Philippians, the first chapter, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. So he's building that. <clears throat> he's moving us forward. And the third thing is, and I'll close with this. The third thing is being a disciple costs something, costs something, and sometimes costs everything. Sometimes costs everything everything. <clears throat> but here's the neat thing about that. God does not demand that we literally forsake family, friends, career, etc. He doesn't literally tell us. Because if we forsake all of them, well, who's going to bring them the gospel? If, if we say, well, no, I have to hate you, and I got to go off and just be a disciple of Jesus. Well, somebody's got to bring the gospel to these people, and that's us. But he does ask us to place everything on the altar, right? And be willing, like Abraham, to give up Isaac. Like Paul, to give up his reputation and his vocation be ready to yield up any endeavor, any calling. This attitude constitutes the first basic step of the disciple as he sits at the feet of his teacher. We 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 are sitting at his feet, willing to give everything up. As he wages this war in the world, we take part of that waging of war and he will become our shield. He will become our buckler. He will become our strength. He will become everything that we need. I love that old, uh, that old adage. Uh, I don't know what army it was. It was either the Roman or the Greek army or somebody that says, when we go out into battle and we come home, we will either come home with our shields or we will come home on our shields, but you'll never find our shields left on the battlefield. The Spartans, the Spartans, we will never, ever... We will, you'll find our body out there with our shields, but we will never come home without them. A true disciple refuses to entertain even the thought of retreat. Having done all, Paul says... Stand. Oh, hallelujah. Lord Jesus, you will see my shield of faith, or you will carry me into your presence on my shield of faith. But I trust, I hope, I believe that you will never see me without my shield of faith. When Christ returns, he says, Will I find faith in the earth? Not success, not great churches, not great ministries. But will I find a group of people that are loving me and are faithful to me? And that's what a disciple is all about. A disciple never, ever stops. Let me close with this. I love this. I read it so many years ago. I don't even know where I read it. About the two frogs. (laughs) Two frogs fell into a deep cream bowl. One was an optimistic soul. But the other took the gloomy view. We shall drown, he cried, without more ado. So, with one last despairing cry, he flung up his legs and said, "Goodbye." Quoth the other frog with a merry grin, "I can't get out, but I won't give in. I'll just swim around and round till my strength is spent, and then I will die the more content." Bravely he swam till it would seem his struggles began to churn the cream. On top of the butter at last he stopped, and out of the bowl he gaily hopped. What of the moral? Tis easily found. If you can't hop out, keep swimming round. (laughs) That's the motto of a true disciple, isn't it? I'm stuck in this bowl. I don't know where I'm going, but you know what? I ain't going to stop for nobody. I'm going to keep on moving until Jesus either takes me home or takes me out. But I will not stop. Let's just bow our heads. Father, I thank you that you're building this discipleship in us in these last days. And, and I firmly believe you are because <clears throat> I really do believe that you do. That a disciple is not really built in easy times. It's not really built in times when things are just smooth and nice. I believe you build disciples in difficult times, in times when we have to disciple our own minds and hearts. We have to discipline the way we think now, we have to discipline our thoughts, we have to discipline our vision to not look at the foolishness that's happening around us in Babylon, to not look at the craziness that's going on. We have to discipline our eyes to stay focus on your word. And the more we abide in you and the more your words abide in us, the more you're going to move us toward that beautiful image of discipline and discipleship, where we become those individuals that are sitting at your feet, ready to hear your word, ready to move forward with what you have for us. And I believe you're building in us that right now. That's what you're doing in us. And I praise you for it. Make us, make us your disciples that will continue to move forward into you in these last days. We thank you that we can do that as we keep our eyes on Jesus and stay in that holy place. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's stand together. How many are going to promise me that this week you'll be... I was going to say something really spiritual like be disciples, but how many you promised me you're going to be like the frog? <laughs> be a frog for Jesus. Just keep on kicking and moving and spreading and stretching and not stopping until you see the top of that bowl and you jump out. Guess what? Most of the time, you'll jump out into the next bowl but you'll keep on moving to bigger bowls and bigger bowls and more victory and more victory until you're done. Amen? Hallelujah. God, God bless you. Turn around, bless somebody in Jesus' name. Go forth praising him.